0: Alright, hello everyone, this is Josh, also known as Yeshu, and we're on episode 71 of the TOY Talks podcast, located at 1990 Studios and all that too, you know, you'll definitely like tap into like a lot of the other episodes like coming in soon and all that from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Buzzsprout, much more and all that, you know, we're gonna get it like started uh, right here and all that, Um, so he has had like some good like production credits here and there and all that, he has worked with a uh, previous guest that I've had uh, before in the past, uh, Jesse the Dreamer and then an a well-known like Ashwa like bass producer who has worked with like a lot of artists like B Beanie Alex uh, Thompson Heko, Chris Chand uh, Smart Santi and you know he also had dabbled in like musical uh, musical theater like production as well too and like being in the whole like musical theater scene and all that too so we have uh, Matt Nudson in the building how are you doing today man
1: I'm good man good to be here I'm glad I'm glad man thank you
0: ah, for sure man and so is it like actually like Matt like Nudson or like how would you like pronounce your name? Like so the, technically it's Knudsen. Oh, Knudsen? but like, uh, but I usually just tell
1: people it's Knudsen, like just for sake. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Because like sometimes too, it's like with a K, like usually it'll be like pretty like silent and all that too. And all that. So sometimes too, I don't know if it's like kind of like a whole like Scandinavian thing and all that. It is
1: actually. Yeah. I got, yeah. I got them Denmark roots apparently. So true. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So half Dane and I guess like half like, Chinese or, like, French or anything a like Filipino, that? Actually. Filipino, actually. Oh, yeah, Filipino on my mom's side, yeah. Oh, nice, mm-hmm. nice, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, it's, like, dope to have you on here today and all that. And, like, you know, basically, um, we actually connected from after, like, the Just See the Dreamer, like, episode podcast and all that, too. And, like, you know, he kind of, like, mentioned you, like, on that uh, certain part, like, on the podcast, too, and all that. And, you know, it was just, like, a dope experience, you know, like, knowing, like, the connectivity between certain artists, like, here and there and all that. And it's, like, amazing to see we tapped in and listen to your music, and, you know, it's been, like, pretty dope so far and all. that. No,
1: Thank you, man. No, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, Jesse and I have, uh we, we've been around the works together quite a bit recently, so we've been doing quite a bit together.
0: Nah, 100p, mm. man, like, most definitely and all that. And, you know, we're going to get into your story uh, right now for a bit, too, and all that. So, uh you were born and raised in Oshawa, like, that's correct. Oh, I
1: was, I was born in um Toronto, actually. Oh, at North, actually, at North York General oh, here. True. And then, and then I moved to Oshawa, like, I was, like, Two or three, it was at a really young age, yeah. Ah,
0: true, man, 100%. And so, from like growing up in Toronto and like in Oshawa, like what were like the environments like for you, like growing up, like at the Sampson, all that?
1: Um, the environment, it, it was, um, it was, it was interesting, I'd say. Like, I wasn't necessarily in like the north end of Oshawa, like you know, like the yeah. prettier side, I guess. Um, but but I wasn't necessarily like in like, you know, like the like the dirty part of Oshawa. So it, it was kind of like a best of both worlds scenario where I, I did have like, you know, those, you know, those like those characters, you know, yeah, that yeah. you see in Oshawa and stuff like yeah, that. But there's also a good mix of like, you know, just like your average folk and like yeah. just good people sort of yeah. thing. So. Nah, hundred
0: percent, man. And like, you know, I also like talked about like earlier with you, like how I went to like U- UIT like in Oshawa and this is like from 2014 to 2018. And, like, you know, I think, like, since then it has, like, changed with, like, the gentrification and everything, like, that, too. Like, early Oshawa back then, and all that, you know, like, the mall wasn't, like, really as much, and all that. Like, South Oshawa, like, it could be, like, grimy at times here and there, too, and all that. And then, you know, the music hall was just, like, already there, and all that. And now it's, like, the Buildmore feeder, and the, I think the music hall. Is just like up the street and all that, I think, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They still have the regen theater and stuff like that, oh, too. True. Yeah, yeah. But the Biltmore theater, that's like seems to be sort of the spot now oh, for most bands and stuff
0: to come. No, I know what mm. you mean, man. And you know, to continue on and all that, too, like what was like your childhood like? And would you say it was like a good experience or would it be like very different?
1: Uh, I'd say I had a good childhood. I mean, I had nothing like no, no, no real complaints, really. Like, obviously, like, all families have their issues and stuff like that. But, yeah, nothing too out of the ordinary. Like, I'd say I had a pretty good childhood, you know, maybe mixed up with some wrong people here and there. But... For the most part, I've kept my distance from that crowd, sort of. So I'm not. Yeah, no, I'd say it was pretty good, man. I, I definitely no complaints, really. I'm uh-huh. a pretty optimistic guy when it comes to that sort of thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, most definitely. And you know, like usually with like people too and all that, like with kids and all that, they tend to develop like a main like char- character syndrome, or like they develop their like arc at like certain points and all that, like in their life in, in a sense. So for you, what were you like as like a kid to like a young adulthood and all that? Ah, uh, I was.
1: Edgy Definitely edgy I was like I was kind of a troublemaker I'd say Like I love to like Pick at people (laughs) And like get on their nerves And stuff like that Um but, but I was always like, I was always nice. And like, I always, like, I always respected people to a certain extent, you know? So uh, uh, yeah, I was never, I was never like a bad guy or anything like that.
0: <laughs> sure. Like kind of like Dennis the Menace and all that. Though. Yeah.
1: No, basically, uh, man, true, basically. True. Yeah. I was like, I don't know I something just clicked in my brain. I'm just like, man, I love just like annoying people
0: almost. Nah, but, <laughs> 100%. Because I know we, everyone has like a Dennis the Menace, like in their like background and all that, like the sense. Like, I feel like when they have that element, you know, like, it'll be, like, ruckus, like, one way or another and all that, too, so... hmm No, yeah. it was
1: definitely uh, a hoot probably raising me, I'm sure. Like, I, I was, like, a pretty loud kid, always out and stuff like that, so... Ah, true. Yeah, hmm
0: I know what you mean, man. I was in trouble. <laughs> for sure. And, you know, to get more into your, like, story on music, like, what was, like, your first introduction to music, and what were, like, some artists or sounds that you kind of, like, grew up, like, listening to and all that?
1: So like my earliest memory of music, I think would literally be my dad showing me, I I think it was Hey Jude by the Beatles. Like when I was, I think it was right when I moved to Oshawa, we were listening to it off one of like his burned little cassette tapes, I think. And I just thought it was just magical. I was like, this is insane. I'm like, you can, you can make this like humans can make this. And then it sort of moved on to Led Zeppelin um, my dad showed me Led Zeppelin. That's like around when I got my first guitar as well. And I was just like living it up and trying yeah. to be like Jimmy Page and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then I took like a little break. I, um, uh, I was like 12, something like that from learning. And I just like, I don't know. It felt like forced upon me kind of in a sense. And then I picked it back up like a year or so later. And then it's just been like rocketing off from there. And like, I got into the chili peppers from my buddy Owen when I first got into high school. And then, I just went on, like, this musical surge, and I just, like, started just listening to everything, basically.
0: Ah, true. Mm -hmm. So I guess, like, during, like, that time and all that, were you, like, a CD person uh, back then, or, like, more, like, listening to, like, iTunes or, like, Apple Music, like, in a sense, too?
1: I was, like, I was a good mix of both, I think. Like, I bought, uh, my first CD that I ever bought was um, Toys in the Attic by Aerosmith. Um, I was, like, seven or eight. And then uh, um, I remember my mom got a BlackBerry, when I was uh, in like grade five or when I was in grade five or six, and she she would always let me take it whenever I'd go out to the, like the mall or something, oh, true. and then I'd download a bunch, I'd like pirate like a bunch of songs, like a bunch of Mac Miller and like oh, Taga sure. songs yeah. onto it and stuff like that, and I'd just be like walking around the
0: mall with headphones in, just thinking like I'm the shit, sort of thing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think like even like those times and all that too. Like a lot of the kids were kind of like kind of cosplaying like that whole like Mac Miller, like Taga, like scene and all that too because. I think, like, cloud rap was, like, one of the, like, the craziest, like, waves uh, back then and all that, too. Just, like, with the whole, like, lyrics and, like, even just with the aspect of the song being more fun and all that, like, in a sense and all that.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it really, um, like, tended to, like, the, how people dressed back then, too, like, that whole swag era, you know, like, the cool story bro stuff and the Goodwoods. Like, I, man, I remember, like, Tory Lanez when he dropped that, like, Goodwoods song, man, like. And that was just, like, yeah. crazy to me. I was like, "That's like, this is crazy, man. Like, this ah, is amazing. Sure.
0: <laughs> and, like, I remember that at that time, like, um, I used to go to, like, this, like, mall back then when I, when I was, like, in grade 9, grade 10 and all that. And basically, they would sell, like, you know, like, bootleg, like, sweatshirts and all that too. Like, they were selling, like, YMC and like taylor taylor gang like cool story bro like um i think uh the obey shirts and all that yeah, and, like these yeah, are like yeah. the bootleg ones and all that too mm. like they would never sell it like add like the other stores and all that too so but it was like a time to be alive back then in a sense and even with tumblr too you know so
1: yeah especially the pickering flea market too, then yeah. oh that was a classic classic nah, place to get true. that stuff
0: 100 percent, mm-hmm. man and um you know i want to ask like you know knowing that you have like some experience in like musical theater, like how did you uh, get into it and what inspired you into getting into that sort of scene?
1: Man, it was actually literally all by chance. So what happened when I was doing uh, my first gig, the Harry Potter, or not Harry Potter, the Peter Pan run. Sorry. Um, my buddy Liam was actually supposed to do the bass on it. Oh, sure. And um last minute he's like yeah man I like, can't do it and sort of thing and he and he um the conductor ended up or the MD ended up calling him while he was at my house and then he basically just like offered me the part right then and there and then I it was just like all right man guess I'm doing it yeah. learn forty songs and I'm just like all right let's do
0: this well, not sort true. Of thing. <laughs> and how was like that experience uh, like in a way you know like just like even being like performing like like at those events and all that like whether it's like one night or like many nights and all that too and
1: it's man at first it was really scary because i hadn't read music in like a while and then it's just like everything was so like it was so like um uniformed in a sense where it was like i didn't want to mess up i didn't want to be that guy you know so it was like i felt like there was a lot of pressure on me but once once you get into a few show runs and stuff like it's totally fine it's it's not bad at all but like when you're in the pit even it's like, I've been up on stage before, like, in front of, like, people watching me. Oh, true. In music, when you're in the pit, you're usually usually hidden away. Depends yeah, on no. how it's set up. But, uh, yeah, like, it was, like, it was fine, really. Yeah. Like, I'm in there with my buddies. Like, we're giggling and stuff yeah. the whole time. It's, it's good, and it's no, good. I'm it's sure. fun.
0: Because I know, like, with uh, most people, like, they would start that from, like, high school, and then it would, like, continue to college until, like, they get the first big break in, like, a production. Like, let's say somewhere, like, in Roy Thompson or... Like, let's say, like, in Princess of Wales, like, if we're, like, talking, like, Toronto and all that. But I think for you, you know, it just kind of came, like, very simple and, and all that. Just, you know, by chance, like, as you mentioned all that, too.
1: Yeah, no, literally all, it was all by chance, just being there in the right moment somehow. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I also want to ask, like, you were also in the Matilda, the musical, and then the sound of, like, music and all that. So how did those, like, come about, and, like, how was it, like, you know, like, even being with those, like, production teams as well?
1: Um, so I'll start with Matilda. Matilda came about by, um, one of my buddies from Peter Pan actually reaching back out to me. Um, my buddy Keishan, he, he literally hit me up out of nowhere and he was like, Hey man, like we need a guitarist for this Matilda show. You're going to be put up in a hotel for a week in Coburg sort of thing. And that was literally another one day notice thing as well. So I was just like, all right, like here's the music, like let's get going sort of thing. Um, so that was, that was really good though. Like, and that was actually one where I was up on stage as well, like facing everyone, but still in, um, it was still like pretty comforting. Like all the eyes are on everyone else. So it, oh, it's true. it's not that serious really to me. Yeah. Um, sound of music. Uh, I was, I was, I actually split the guitar part with oh, my wow. buddy Colton, um, with that. Cause he, he started getting some like tinnitus in his ear. Um, so he, he asked me to help cover for him so he didn't have to like take the brunt of all of it. So I was like, "Yeah, man, like no worries at all." But that w- that one was really cool too. It was a, it was a different change of pace musically for me, but it was still a really fun show to play.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, you know, like usually, like when people talk about like musical theater and all that too, like there's always like this whole like process of like the start of the production until like when that show time ends and all that too. So how is like kind of like a t- typical day like from like that start until like now and all that.
1: Um it's it varies on each day like the schedules for it. Um so like there one day you could have like it'll be like usually it'll be like you know two or three rehearsal dates or something like that and then you'll have your sits probe which is basically like almost just everyone coming together and doing like a mock show. Yeah. And then it's and then the like dress rehearsals and then it's just like showtime basically. And uh but it's not as time-taxing as some people think it is. Like maybe the uh the rehearsals are only usually like an hour or two. Like, the longest day will probably be the sits probe. Like usually that's, like, usually that's like a full day of work. And then, um, yeah, when you're doing the shows, it's, like, yeah, you just have to be there half an hour before your call. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just, like, a two-hour show usually. And then, yeah. bam, you're done. Yeah, so it's not bad at all. Uh, it's sure. not bad at all,
0: yeah. And, like, just, like, the environment and all that, too. Um, because I know, like, sometimes, too, when we see, like, musical theaters and, like, all that type of stuff from the start, like, it'll be, like, from, like, High School Musical or, like, Glee and all that and you know, there would be like, kind of like stereotypical, like, impressions about like, that whole scene with people being divas and all that, and like, (laughs) the like, main conductor, like the main lead, like, Being like the strict like person and all that too like let's say like think of that guy from like whiplash and all that with the instructing the people who's like doing like the orchestra and all that too yeah i don't know if it was like anything uh, like that like when you were like working on that or like totally opposite
1: no it's totally opposite man i always tell people this about whiplash i'm like music's not like that like i swear it's like it's not like that you're not getting chairs thrown at you and (laughs) yelled at and shit like that like that's just like over the top but but i mean like I I mean, still respects that movie though. Like, I like what they did with it, yeah. but that's just not usually how it goes. Um, usually, people just try to always get along and stuff like that. It's just it just makes things a lot easier. At oh, least true. from from what I've seen is like as long as people are working together and like it's it just makes everything run a lot smoother.
0: Ah, oh, for sure. And mm-hmm. I don't know. There are like other like misconceptions as well too, because I know like with the general public. They'll tend to view, like, as I said, like, view musical theater like in certain ways and all that, too. But I don't know, like, with your experience, have you noticed like the misconceptions as well? Too,
1: yeah, there are a lot of misconceptions, yeah, for sure. I mean, some of them are there, like, there are some stereotypical, like, you know, like theater kids sort of thing, yeah. but like, um, for the most part, like, everyone's like pretty normal, like, at uh, like. I I like not not everyone meets the stereotype I should oh, say. True. Yeah, it's it's sort of a 50-50. And I feel like it's like that for most things as well. Like they, there's like a little area where they do live yeah. and then sometimes it's just like all perception.
0: Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of like end the topic right now and like getting back into your story for a bit too. How did you uh, get into like producing and engineering and all that?
1: Um that was honestly that honestly didn't really come until I started learning in college. But I really got inspired to do it from my buddy Hudson or Northwave. Um, He's the one who got me, like, this this guy showed me um, a sample pack from one of our favorite producers out in Germany, uh, Stupid Lou, and it was called the uh, Overseas Sample Library. I remember I listened to it and I was like, this is probably the best thing I've ever heard in my life. So I literally just like, I hunkered down just this one summer, my first year of college, and I just like tried to get everything done, just learn as much stuff musically as I could. And then it just, like, kind of got me to where I am today, like, building that foundation for myself, like, oh, really true. set the bar. And now I can sort of, like, roam around in that
0: realm. Yeah, man, nah, 100% too. And as far as, like, inspirations uh, goes, like, who would you say, like, or like, some major influences, like, when it comes to producing and, like, engineering and all this?
1: Ah, man, my buddy Hudson for sure. That's a definite, like because I, I heard this guy's drums, and I was just astounded. Um, there's a lot, man, and a lot of them um, are just, like, they're not even, like, from here either. Like, a lot of the German guys, like, Wizzle, um, Cryptic, Stupid Lou again, and then some, um, Steven Schaefer as well. He's a really, he's, like, a younger guy, too, and he's, like, amazing. I love his drums as well. But I'm also a huge, like, Rick Rubin guy yeah. as well and stuff like that, so I try to pay homage to everyone who's playing their part in the scene
0: yeah for sure and like mm-hmm. for me um, I could say like Mike Dean he's like very legendary mm-hmm. when it comes to like engineering and all that too yeah, um, big one of mine there uh, mixed by Ali who worked with like you know like the t- whole like TDE camp and all that yeah um, like all the Kendrick stuff yeah and mm-hmm. then also when else, DJ uh, Dahi and all that he's also pretty good too mm-hmm. Uh, DJ Shadow is like pretty good like when it comes to like the mixing like mastering with stuff and all that and then it's like far as like the Toronto stuff um there used to be, like, this guy, like, named uh, Gadget. I think um he's, like, with OVO and all that. And, basically, he pretty much, like, worked with, like, all of, like, Drake's stuff and all that. And he also uh, works with, like, a previous guest that I've had uh, before, like, outside of this, like, podcast, uh, Pelleby and all that. And it's, like, very amazing to see, too, because, like, you see, like, a lot of them and, like, how, like, it's amazing to see, like, how producing and engineering, like, kind of, like, intermingling and all that, too, because... You know, like, many producers can be, like, engineers and all that, but not a lot of, like, engineers can be producers, like, in a way, and all that. It also, like, kind of depends on the situation.
1: You know? Yeah, no, I kind of feel that. Yeah, and I, yeah, because I always, I can tell when a produ- or an engineer doesn't make beats is when, yeah. they, when they take all the low end out of my 808s, yeah. man. I can, I can tell, and it makes me a little upset, but, yeah. like, yeah, no, it's just not for some people, or maybe they just haven't yeah. put as not enough yeah. time into it as they should have, yeah. or something like that, but, yeah, some people definitely have, like, a brick wall there yeah. when it comes to that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, because, like, with most producers, like, they can come up with, like, maybe 40 to 50 beats, like, maybe, like, in a day, maybe 60 or 70 if they're going, like, the full route, like, no eating, drinking, or anything like mm-hmm. that, too, but, like... With an engineer, too, like, they'll be, like, in the studio, like, just, like, kind of mixing, mastering, like, a lot of, like, artists like, with their vocals, with their, like, stems, everything else, too. And, like, they try to figure out, like, what works best and all that. But, like, when it comes to, to the whole, like, creative aspect, sometimes, too, it could be, like, confusing because then they're going to have to take that whole direction from the artist and then make it work on their end. So with producers, I feel like they can do, like, both the engineering and producing and it could still work out like either way in a sense you know so
1: yeah no it definitely goes hand in hand with each other if you can do it like it, it's like cause I most of my clients like they'll just like we'll do the composition session we'll make a song and then they'll just get me to mix and master it or something like that oh, so sure. I mean it's also another um, income stream as well yeah. for producers so yeah I, if you can do it I would do it but I think all engineers should honestly try and hunker down at least it, it doesn't even have to be making beats too right like you yeah. can pick up the guitar make some rock music yeah. or like whatever the case
0: Cases. yeah for like better elements and all that too so mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, for sure man and um you know what's your musical like background in history like i don't know if you had like family or friends that kind of like worked on like music prior to your start like a music and you know what inspired you to be in that route in producing and engineering and like even like take it seriously and all that
1: um oh man um okay well my dad definitely he was probably my number one because he's the one who just like got me into music really like he was like the guitar guy in the family so he was always playing he does he he makes music and stuff like I do as well he also does his own engineering and stuff like that um and then yeah and then it was basically all just like self-driven from there until until I just started until I met like Hudson and stuff like that where it just like that like gave me another like boost of like creativity sort of thing and just like yeah i would i probably but mostly i would attribute it probably to my dad yeah oh, yeah he really sure. set the bar for me when i came he's the one who like bought me all my guitars and stuff growing up oh, True, like for christmas and whatnot so yeah, yeah big shout out pops
0: <laughs> uh, shout out pops you do too and all that and um you know who would you like to work with someday like i know like you've worked with like the people that have listed like early and all that but like if you had like you know, either like Toronto artists or like other people that you want to work with, like, would you want to tap in with?
1: Oh man. I mean there, I would love to work with just like everyone basically. Like, I feel like I got something for everyone in that sort of sense, but like some of my big ones, I mean, obviously, I mean, if you're from Canada, you got to work with Drake, man, <laughs> yeah. got to work with Drake. Yeah. Um, I'd love to work with the weekend too. Cause I really like his like 80s sound that he's got going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but honestly, I don't know, I'm pretty open to, like, everything, man. Like, yeah. I just, like, I'm just in it to make music, and, like, as long as it's good, like, I'm down to collaborate with anyone
0: who'd be down to collaborate, really. Sure. Yeah, I yeah, anything, really. Anyone. So, like, any, like, Toronto artists, like, let's say, like, Presa or, like, Puffy Ellis and all yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah, like, man, yeah,
1: I'll, I'll do all of it, man. Yeah, sure, whatever yeah. they want. Yeah, if they come to me, if they believe in my sound, then I'm going to give them, like, the best that I that I can, you know, like whatever they want, man. Like I'll study them. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the case is.
0: Yeah, for sure. And Mm -hmm. you know, earlier you said like, you were like self-taught with like a lot of stuff throughout most of your musical experience. So knowing that you've been self-taught, have you ever felt that you've retained more skills from that rather than from like an instructor or from like someone teaching you or would it be like the opposite? um see i don't know i'd say it's a good mix of both
1: um my one guitar teacher in college um robert bulger this guy like the way he explained the fretboard to me was like that was like sort of revolutionary for me in a sense opened up a lot of different pathways but uh, even the stuff that like i just learned on youtube like well i'm just like watching like even when i was young watching like you know like a marty schwartz video or something like that like Yeah, I I, I, I sort of just retain all of it. But the ones that really stick with me are just, like, the ones that are really out there and the ones that are explained well. I I feel like that's, like, the main thing when it comes to teaching. Like, you can learn it from any medium, but as long as it's explained well in, like, a way that your brain can understand it, then then I think that's what's more important.
0: Also, like, it could also depend on, like, accessibility with many, like— Content and like other stuff too, and all that. Like with me, like when I first started, like even like photography, videography, even with whole like podcasting stuff. You know, YouTube University was like the first stuff thing that I went to, and then I just kind of learned like how to do this and like finding the simple like instructions to finding like certain ways to do it, like the elements, like what would be needed and all that too. Other times, like I've had spoken with people and like found out like what I could do to kind of make some stuff better, whether it's like with images, whether it's with video, whether it's with other stuff too and all that and yeah i think for some people like if you have the accessibility to kind of access it then you know go for it and all that too because like you know there are like programs where there's like photography videography uh like radio like hosting radio announcing and like you can go to college for that like as you mentioned before too you know you could pay like let's say like four grand to like maybe like six grand for, like, maybe a whole, like, one whole year and all that. And if it works out, it kind of works out. If it doesn't, you know, then there are other ways to, like, kind of, like, attain it, like, in a way and all you know. So.
1: Yeah, there's always, like, a stream someone can take, especially in those sorts of fields. Like, I feel like, um, at least talking, like, for music, like, there's always just going to be something for someone. Even if you can't, like, run the business by yourself, like, yeah. there's, like, a company out there that could take you for whatever. And it's, like, yeah. as long as you're doing something musically, like, I mean, like can't really ask for much more i feel eh nah, but,
0: nah, mm. nah for sure man and i think um just to kind of like end it off uh, right there i do feel like um uh, <clears throat> with with whatever you could do there are experts like in that field like uh, as we mentioned that can help you throughout the way too like as you said with your guitar teacher he taught you many things that you might have not known like in the sense too and there are like experts that have been in that game for like maybe 15 20 30 years and all that and they know maybe some tricks that maybe we don't understand and all that. And, like, it also takes time. And then, like, once we kind of, like, build that skill, we could also, like, teach, like, others, like, that way. Like, knowing, like, this is, like, the way to kind of, like, succeed, like, in some cases too. So.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's um almost, like, what a lot of, like, college was for me. It was just, like, a lot of guys who have done their run in the industry and stuff like that. And now they're just sort of settling down and trying to give their views and opinions on stuff. Sometimes it's outdated. Yeah. Sometimes it's not. But, like, it's it's good to learn about everything in all aspects. But yeah. just, like, take certain things with a hey. grain of salt sort of nah, thing. What really. you mean, man. And yeah.
0: To getting more, to get more into, like, the whole, like, producing side in a sense, too, uh, what is your creative process when producing or, like, beat making? And what would a day and like, producing or beat making or, like, being in the studio be like for you in a sense?
1: Oh, man. It would be, well, once I'm, like, ready for the day, you know, like, I've showered and, like, I've done my whatever I need to do, and then I'm ready to sit down. Um, I It's just, like, whatever really comes to me. Sometimes I do drums first. Sometimes I'm guitar first. Sometimes I don't even use guitar. Sometimes sure. I'm just, like, playing piano. Usually I, I draw a lot of inspiration from just, like, random sounds and stuff that I hear, even if it's just, like, a little YouTube short or something like yeah, that. Yeah. If there was, like, a little melody in it or, like, I like the chord progression or whatever. And right. she's like, okay, like, I can probably do something with this. So and then I just start to sort of start building up off of there. But, yeah, there's no, there's no like definitive way that i do it and i would say yeah. um i do have like methods to making certain genres and stuff like that um but yeah nothing's really ever set in stone it all just depends on where the idea starts from
0: and just like kind of being like in the right moment in that sense too because you know you can be outside and like you'll probably hear like a certain like sound like on the left side or like on the right side like depending on the direction of where the area is and like if it hits it hit, kind of like hits in a way and all that
1: yeah yeah you know making sure everything's just sonically like nice like you know you throw the headphones on you say yeah man just make sure everything sounds good and stuff like that as well yeah like don't want your like beats to just be like fully distorted and it's like rappers listen to it off their <laughs> phone they're like dude what is this yeah. like
0: Cause it has to be like um, kind of like mixed properly mastered making sure like that the frequency levels like kind of hit like on a good note
1: as long as long as it hits that's my main thing because you know they are just still listening off their phone so it's like you know i'm not gonna spend like two hours mixing like my beat or whatever to make sure it's like perfect and especially when they have to put their vocals on top still and it's like you know they'll they'll listen to it for two seconds and they just like flip off of it and it's like okay my two hours of work is just wasted (laughs) right for that
0: person (laughs) but 100%, 100 man and like usually with some people too like they'll have like you know studio rules and all that too. Like I don't know, what are your like ground rules for like the studio and all that? If it's like weed licks, the amount of people bringing like in the room and all that. If there's like candles, stuff like that. Mm,
1: yeah. So I mean, honestly, I'm still like I'm still in my house, right? So it's just like a no smoking policy. You can drink, I don't care. Just don't spill stuff like on my equipment. And uh, but yeah, like it's like it's totally like it's we're a weed. Like we 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 can do weed and stuff here. Like oh, we can true. do weed. You now it sounds so like wash but yeah no like my parent like no one really cares if people are smoking like i have like an upper level to my garage so and there's like couches and stuff in there so i was just like yeah just go crazy in there man like do whatever as long as you're not doing anything like hard like anything too crazy whatever right
0: true like when you're like producing or beat making like have you ever been like in an element like where you're like high or like you know like a little bit drunk and all that and like you've kind of made like maybe like the best stuff or does it only, like, kind of happen, like, when you're sober, like, in a, in a sense? Um,
1: I don't know. It kind of depends, really. Yeah, it's just another one of those things where it's, like, I don't know. Sometimes I have great ideas sober. Sometimes when I'm just, like, blasted, I just have, like, these amazing like masterpieces in my head but then sometimes they're just garbage too oh, so <laughs> like wow. you know you look we look back at it the next day and it's just like oh my god man like i'm just gonna delete this like yeah. i'm good on this
0: i know what you mean too mm. i think with some people too like they can master it quite well and i feel like they can make the best out. like I, I think um i was like watching like this like one interview where future was like talking about like how we did like you know the vocals for like tony montana and all that and like Basically, he was like so high, like off, like leaning all that. His mouth was like it was locked in in place, right? Yeah, yeah, and all that. It was like Tony Montana, Tony Montana, Mm -hmm. and like it wouldn't be like the whole like typical like future sound where he would like kind of like take his like breath in, like open like his um like mouth and all that, like make sure like his teeth kind of flow through. It's like you know when you're like geared in. With like the lean or other stuff like that too, like it'll kind of be within that omen. And then there are others that have done well with like shrooms and all that too. And like I'd say like maybe like Kid Cuddy had good times, like let's say like Man on the Moon and then his worst times like at speeding bullets to heaven and all that. So it just kind of depends on the moment and the energy and all that.
1: Yeah, no, it really does, man. Cause like, yeah, like because sometimes good ideas come, but like I doubt there's going to be like a sober guy coming up with a Tony Montana sort of song, right? Cuz like, you know, it just like it just sort of fit that vibe like right in the second there, but um yeah, there's definitely no rules when it comes to it. I don't think you should need to be like off-lean or whatever yeah. to be able to make music, but yeah. um like I don't, it could help. It could help people. Hey, I'm not going to I'm not going to like um question other people's creative processes sort of thing you know
0: oh, Sure. Mm. Well, yeah for sure, it's,
1: it's each of their own really yeah some people it's like because i know some rappers they literally come in and it's like man i'm not recording unless like I'm, <laughs> i've had like three shots and it's like okay bro like do your yeah. thing <laughs> <laughs> you're on the clock still but like nah, you're good
0: <laughs> i know what you mean nah. i know what you mean man and you know i want to talk about some of your production credits like when i was like looking at the ebk like a little bit too mm-hmm. uh you know you talked about some of your best ones like heckos like bust my brain uh, Chris uh, Chan's, like, Loving You, and then Smart Santy's, like, Perfect Time. So I want to figure out, like, the whole, like, creative process and inspiration for those, like, production credits.
1: Okay, so um, starting off with Heko. We could—he um, basically just reached out to me, and he asked if he could clear one of my samples that I did with uh, Northwave, like, Hudson. And um, it was really—it was just, like, a—it was just—it was a pretty simple sample. It was just me playing this, like, neo-soul guitar riff. And then Hudson just added, like, some flutes, I'm pretty sure, on top of it. And he just asked for sample clearance on that one. Then he did all the drums himself, like, that for that dance hall vibe. And, yeah, it was just great. I was like, yeah, man, like, go ahead. And, yeah, that was basically that. Um, Chris Chan, uh, he's a good buddy of mine from college. Like, we met in, like, first year. He was, like, literally, like, my first friend, basically, there. And um, he came to me with Loving You... And he came to me with another song as well, but he hasn't dropped that one yet, but he came in with these two songs and I loved the idea for both of them so much. And I was like, yeah, man, like I'll just like, I'll mix and master these no problem. And then we just split on a publishing percentage for that. So, so it just like sort of worked out that way. And then, um, smart Santee that, that placement came to me. That was, that was another Hudson guitar sample that we did together. It was from, uh, our Hit Formula sample pack that we made in, like, 2021 or something like that. Um, yeah, it was, like, right in my first year of college when I when me, him and I were chilling a lot. And, um, yeah, and then that, like, someone just got a hold of that. My buddy Lucas got a hold of that sample. Uh, he just did the drums on that, sent it off, and, like, the rest was just sort of history there for, for Smart Santee as well. Yeah, it was just, yeah, so both of, like, my bigger placement songs have been from my... Um, from my pack with hudson oh, nice mm-hmm. nice
0: man and you know when we talked about like uh publishing for a bit too and all that because i know for a lot of artists like they use like district they use like TuneCore, united masters um like cd baby and all that too mm-hmm. so like usually like when like uh production like credit or anything else kind of like works in that sense too like with some artists like does it like kind of depend on the percentage depending on, like, the amount of effort, like, on the beat or just the amount of effort, like, on the song and all that? Or, like, how does it kind of, like, process?
1: Uh, when it comes to producers, uh, we just like to keep it, like, pretty straightforward most of the time. At least I do, like, and everyone else that I work yeah. with. It's, like, you know, it's, like, 50-50, 33-33-33 yeah. sort of thing um, in terms of that. But then, um, I unless, if okay so if like if one of my artists aren't buying like an exclusive beat they still have to like credit me and yeah. all the other producers and stuff on it as well uh so we get paid in that end as well but uh yeah it's basically just equal shares for everything and yeah. but um some 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 artists will like like f- for instance on hecko song like i'm i'm pretty sure i'm listed as like a like an extra performer. So I make like a 5% off of it, which is like, that's totally
0: cool with me. And is it like mainly like contractual, like in a sense too, where, you know, there's like contracts involved or would it just be like, Hey, like let's uh, figure out this, like to kind of like add in the information too. So, Let the percentages uh, work out, or
1: Uh, yeah, it's sort of like a it's sort of like a both sort of thing. Like I'll send them like a license agreement, and then for the most part, and then yeah, we just like sort of talk about it, set stuff in stone. Like yeah, yeah, I end up becoming like friends with most of my artists and stuff. Like I feel like it's not hard to get along with me. So
0: oh man, one hundred percent too, and you know we're definitely gonna get more onto that as well too. So you know you've managed to work with like even with uh, a previous guest of mine like Jesse the Dreamer, and you know also with be beanie i think and then also alex thompson Mm. who's also like another engineer as well too so how did those like come about and like how was the experience you know like working with them and seeing like their recording and creative like processes like firsthand
1: um so jesse um man me, me and me and jesse do like a lot of stuff together uh we literally just like met on instagram i'm pretty sure um but yeah he basically just takes all the songs that like I don't want to say that no one else wants, but like he always picks up the like the songs where I've used just like my samples and like my drums and stuff where it's like my like sound completely. So like I really dig that. I really dig that in a sense. Um, But he's like he's a really talented guy. He's like he just whips up melodies and stuff like that. Like it's nothing. Um, He's versatile as well. Like I love like we did. we did a walkout song for one of his, um, fighter buddies and it was like this metal Irish sort of bagpipe heavy guitar. It was crazy. It was nuts. And Jesse killed it. Um, Alex, um, he, he, I love, Uh, he's a good guy, but, uh, Jesse got me an acquaintance with Alex and he asked me if I wanted to do this, um, um, like sort of, uh, maggot brain, like Funkadelic, sort of, like, just, like, washed-out reverb, just heavy guitar solo, off of bends and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, that's, like, right <laughs> down my alley. Love Funkadelic sort of thing. And then he basically just, like, sent me all the sentence and stuff like that, and then I just—I gave this guy, like, <laughs> probably, like, th- I think it was, like, three or four Not different true. runs of me just, like, soloing throughout this whole song, and then he could just, like, pick and choose which parts he wanted because the main vocal wasn't laid layered on top yet, yeah. so— I didn't want to like interfere with it or anything like that, so yeah, that was basically all just up to him. And then, um, Be Beanie, we um, I met him through my buddy Ryan in college actually, and that was just like that was just like a mastering gig Not sort true. of thing. Um, but he, he he's a really good guy too. We still we still keep in touch occasionally. Um, but yeah, no, it's yeah, it's it's just it was just like a basic mastering gig sort of thing, and then yeah, he's. Yeah, sort of like that, yeah. Nice. Because
0: I know with, you know, many artists too, like, they kind of have, like, different processes, like, when they're in the booth and all that, whether it's, like, you know, like, trying, like, certain takes and all that, or kind of, like, performing the song, like, way before, like, they get in the booth and all that, because, and I feel like that is also, like, an important one, so, you know, kind of performing, having, like, your stuff down in order to, like, kind of be in the booth, because I think it just kind of goes well with that, rather than just coming in, like, going you know, off the dome and then sometimes off the dome works, but like maybe not in the extent that how an engineer or producer can like see as well too. So,
1: yeah, you know, and it's like, I feel bad too. Like, you know, if they come in, you know, they don't have anything prepared. This has happened before too. And it's like, People come, they're, they're not prepared. They don't even know, like, what they're doing. So I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh-huh, like, I don't even know if I'm set up to, like, compose yeah. for these guys or if I'm running, a, like, a vocal session or, yeah. like, whatever the case yeah. is. And then I feel bad. And, like, they, you know, like, their hour or two's gone up and, like, we've gotten, like, nothing done. Ah, uh, true. And I'm like, dude, like, just come ready, man. <laughs> like... Yeah. come ready dude like even just freestyle at home just yeah. record yourself we can dude. we can layer that in like yeah, yeah do something man like because i just i don't want people to just come and just like waste their yeah, time yeah. with me you know yeah, i still sure. want to get some work done yeah
0: right so uh, but i feel like with, you know, the other stuff too with the whole like recording experiences too like i guess they have been like very great experiences to see them like kind of like be on your beats and all that like see them like kind of like Get on the booth, like speak their piece and all that. So
1: yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's a really good oh, feeling true. too. It's like yeah, man, like these artists, like they trust my sound. It's like For clearly sure. I'm doing something right, I yeah. guess. So just keep doing it so yeah no it, it is really nice though especially like it, it just feels good too like yeah just because like since i've done it all myself Damn too man. you know like oh. i didn't use like a looper not not that there's anything wrong with loops like i use them all the time yeah. but it just feels better when when you have it done by yourself oh, for sure uh-huh
0: and you know like from your experience as a producer and like you know like an engineer like also with me- also with mixing and mastering too like what do you feel makes a great song like in a sense
1: Ah, man, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. Like, I feel like everything plays its part to make a really good song. Because there are some songs that I like that are really good, but they have, like, shitty mixes or whatever. And it's like, oh, this is, like, almost unlistenable. Yeah. But, um, or sometimes it's vice versa, and it'll be, like, a good mix, bad song sort of thing. But, yeah, I feel like... I feel like everything has its part to play. Like it's got to meet a certain level of production. It's got to meet a certain level of songwriting yeah. and yeah, it just, it just has to flow and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that it's not hard, but it's like, you know it when you hear it. Yeah. For like, sure. you, you know it. Right.
0: Yeah. I kind of look at it like, I kind of look at it like in two E's in a sense to emotion and effort. So when like an artist like gets on, like on that song too, shows like whatever, like emotion they can, like, I feel like, having that emotion evoked in with that effort, like it kind of works out like very well and all that, whether like they're in the right mood, whether they're like in the bad mood, like it also like kind of depends. And also just to see like their level of work, like when you see like someone in the booth and all that, like let's say, um, you know, BFB, the Pac-Man's like Joe exotic and all that too. Like he was like rapping when, you know, when the rents like doing all that, you know, like, like the rents do. So, and I feel like with a lot of, a lot of artists who like they're in their most hungry, it's like when they're like speaking their piece and all that too. Even with pop songs uh, too, I feel like when some artists like kind of get emotional or kind of like show that rage, it's like, I know that they've put like a hundred percent of that effort in that song too, even if they had like other like songwriters as well too. So mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah vulnerability is definitely a big thing. Yeah, yeah for sure. Vulnerability and lyrics and stuff. Cause, yeah, And sort of, well, I mean, or like, even just being relatable, yeah. I guess, in a sense. just Because you want to be able to yeah. connect with your listeners as well. So I guess, yeah, I guess. But the, also, there are some songs that I just love, and they're just talking about nothing, though. Yeah. It's like, yeah. dude, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking yeah. about? But this is hard. Like, I love this. Yeah. Yeah, it, kinda, uh-huh. it just depends on everything, For man. Sure.
0: No rules at all. It's so crazy in music. Damn, mm-hmm. How do you, like, feel about, like, song structure and, like, just the arrangements, like, in that sense, too?
1: Um important that's that stuff is so important like there even um some collabs and stuff i get back where producers have used my samples and i'm like i want to like sometimes like there was just one beat that i wanted to send out but like it was just arranged so poorly i'm like dude like where even like what's going on like where's your chorus like what's your verse like is this this pre-chorus sort of thing and then um yeah but even even in some songs too like um there's this one song, uh, lost in paradise. It's literally yeah. like the outro to like this anime, Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And, um, it's a great song though, but I was listening to it and like the brunt of the song, like the catchiest part of the song doesn't come in f- until the very end, like five minutes into the four or five minutes into the song. I'm like, dude, I yeah. want, I want more of this. Yeah. Like, like it's a, Good, good song but just like literally just take that section just like add it a couple oh, more true, places true. sort of thing Damn, you know yeah.
0: yeah and I feel like nowadays too like with like some songs nowadays it's just usually going by the duration nowadays like more people prefer like shorter songs nowadays due to like the like the short like attention span and all that too and mm. I feel like that's what makes more songs like popular nowadays too is to kind of do like maybe like one like one verse one chorus and like that's it and all that others like when you like deepen in for like a longer song I feel like sometimes, too, like, it's amazing to hear, but then, you know, you don't know, like, when that attention's, like, going to be there and all that. like, even with TikTok, too, because nowadays most people just kind of, like, skip to that specific part that goes, like, viral and all that, Mm. even though they're not going to take the full conceptualization, like, of a song, like, from the start to the end. Like, let's say with uh, Youngblood's one recent song, I think that was, like, probably, like, on TikTok. I think it's, like, Parents or Teenagers or something like that, too. Mm. They take, like, maybe, like, one part, like, you know, I was like born in a messed up society and like most people will only use like that one part, but then they're never gonna understand like the whole like conceptualization of like what that actual song talks about, even with um like, let's say, like, Kanye West's, like, All Falls Like Down and All the no so...
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, people seem to, like, misconstrue a lot of the meanings of songs, just to add, like, TikTok dances behind it and stuff like that. I mean, it's whatever, like, people can perceive music how they want, but, um, yeah, I feel like a lot of stuff isn't, like, portrayed the right way when it comes to TikTok, and, yeah, like, people get, like, a certain perception about things when they've just heard, like, the one lyric as well or whatever. When I don't know, I could just be talking about something else completely, you know. So <laughs> wow, yeah, I'm sure, mm-hmm.
0: wow, yeah. sure. Um, I want to ask, like, what was like, uh, you know, your favorite or like greatest like studio experience, or just like you know your song experience like so far from like your career, like in that sense.
1: Oh, man, um, man, I'm proud of a lot of the stuff that I do. Most of the stuff that I do, I'm pretty proud of because it's just out there now for like ever. But um, right now I'm working with this one artist, um, Laura. She's like a childhood friend of mine as well. Um, but she's like she's like bringing me into like the indie pop sort of world. and I'm like really digging the stuff that I'm doing with her right now, which is like it's like it's not usually my pace, but like we're making like the best of it and like now I'm just like really starting to appreciate. This sort of thing. So, like, everything we do together now is just, like, yeah, like, this hits. Like, this is good stuff. Like, I like all of this.
0: Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, there's also, like, a lot of, there's just a lot of, like, dopamine hits. Like, even when you, like, finish a mix, finish a master and, like, no revisions are needed or something like that. You know, whatever the case is, as long as sure. someone's happy, like, I'm like, yeah, like, oh, I'm, sure. like yeah, I'm down. I'm down.
0: Yeah, man. hundred P in a sense. And do you ever have, like, you know, like, any favorite songs to produce to and, like, why and all that?
1: Uh, that's to produce too
0: like uh like you know like maybe <laughs> i think like when i wrote it it's like you know what were like so, what are like some of your favorite songs to produce like you know oh. like, what types of like songs and all oh
1: that? types of songs um man on like i like um anything that's like that strikes me really is like that like i think is like a really good song like i'm going to want to like strip it down to like its core almost and just like sort of see what's making it sound like yeah. that in a sense, but man, I like anything with just like anything upbeat, fast paced, good energy. sometimes like some crazy guitars and stuff like that. Like I'm a huge Polyphia guy. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, anything, anything that's got some energy, man. Like I love making that stuff. Like, it's just so fun to me. I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, yeah, this is so hard. Like, oh, for sure, man. Mm-hmm. And
0: you know, with the beats and like the mixing that you're doing now versus like before, do you feel like there has been, like, a lot of uh, growth or, like, significant, like, change for the better in the sense?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm, like, always... It's, like, it's one of those things as far as, like, you just... You can't be perfect in, in this field, so you just kind of... You just got to absorb as much knowledge as you can on this endless pursuit. So, yeah, I'm, like, always trying to... I'm always trying to better myself. Like, I'm always watching, like, videos and stuff. Like, I love, like, watching even just other producers that I know and stuff like I like what, well, even if they're like beginners or stuff, something yeah. like that, like sometimes there's something still to learn, whether it's like a workflow thing or even something musically. So yeah. it's like, yeah, I just got to keep my mind open to everything.
0: Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen like the Mass Appeal, like, you know, crate digging like series or I think the beat making series and all that. Mm-hmm. And they'd had like, you know, like different producers, like every time that produced like MF Doom, Havoc, um, mm-hmm. who else? I think um the like Heat Makers and all that, uh, like a lot of like, like new school old school producers and all that and you know when they go to like a vinyl shop you know like they're grabbing like the specific vinyls or like grabbing like specific stuff they like kind of like get into it like find like the right style like find a kind of find like the right sample and then it just like kind of works out from there and like they kind of mix it like make it work and you know it's like amazing to see too um even the whole like Kenny Beats uh, series and all that where he has Mm. like many like artists like coming by like that's like amazing to see from what he could like work up with and like seeing like how that artist is like going to take that in and all that too. So
1: yeah, it's all about like training your ear in that sense. Cause um yeah, like when it, when it comes to crate digging and stuff like that, like, um, I used to just like, you know, I'd listen to like these older like soul oh, sure. songs or whatever, right? And I'm like back when I was first starting, I'm like, man, like how do people sample? Like this is like yeah. ridiculous, man. Like how do people, but you sort of, you sort of start to develop an ear for it. Yeah. Like you can, you could hear a sample and then just like certain aspects of it, like yeah. just like little flutters and little accents yeah. and stuff like that. It's like, okay, yeah, oh, I know sure. what I can
0: do with this sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, the best finds are usually like the rarities that, you know, no one can like, even like finding all that to like sample snitch and all that because there are like many producers that kind of find like unique ones like let's say like Chinese folk or like Mm. Quebec like pop or like you know French like bossa nova like they kind of find like those specific records find like that right part that right melody that right hook and kind of works out and then Others they go for like the typical sample like the Bob James like Nautilus and all that mm. the Take Me to Mardi Gras uh, type one yeah like, like Boys and yeah, Men and stuff yeah. like that yeah yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah all that stuff yeah yeah for sure it's definitely like sampling's definitely come like a long way but I, I still think it's like I, I still think it's like its own revered like art form wow. in itself like it, that stuff is crazy oh, for sure. yeah just how do you
0: how do you even like feel about like sample snitching like, like in a sense too.
1: Um, I, th- I think it's all great, man. Like I love, like, I think anything sampling is cool. Like the, cause it's just what it's really doing. is yeah. just bringing like more music to light, and I guess, in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I think, I think it's really cool stuff and just like the exposure to that as well will just help m- everyone else become more versatile musicians as well, yeah. which I feel like is like a really key thing to have.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And yeah, no, I think it's really cool, man. Yeah. yeah I definitely want to start like. Crate digging
0: more, yeah. I uh, like. I definitely don't do enough of it. Yeah, nah, mm-hmm. nah, for sure, man. And I mean, every like vinyl store like around like the world, like I think like you'll find like some good finds, whether it's like Quebec or like California, or, like France, and all that too. So yeah,
1: no, literally <laughs> everywhere. I was even just in the one that like one of the ones in Oshawa, and they just like like they got some like pretty good stuff in there, oh, man. True. Like i was, like even in their clearance section, yeah. I'm like, dude, like this is all crazy. Like this yeah. is heat.
0: Yeah, I was at um. Be like not like a vinyl store, but like I was at like a BMV, uh, like bookstore, like on Bloor West, uh, one day, and then I literally like found like old school, like double XL uh, magazines, and you know, basically like the old school covers where you know you would find like the ringtone, like music from there, and all that, and like the ones where you could find like you know, like the whole like king, like you know, press coverage, and all that, too. So mm. And, you yeah, know, those are, like, some, like, rare finds to find. And, like, you know, you kind of, like, reminence those times to, like, read, like, old school stuff or, like, to find, like, old school stuff and see, like, what it kind of, like, sounds like or interpolates from that era that it was, like, purchased and all that, you know, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, you really, yeah, yeah. Doing those sorts of things, you can really hear how, like, even productions come up. Through the years and like how just songs as a whole started yeah. sounding different. Like it's a it's really crazy to oh, see sure how far man. we've come in that yeah, sort of man. thing.
0: No, hundred percent too. And you know, I also wanted to ask, like, what are your like pet peeves as a producer or like engineer by nations
1: oh, pet peeves? Oh man. I feel like my body's telling me that there's a lot, but I can't even like think of any right now. Um I mean, it would be people not being ready sometimes. Unless they like tell me that, like, yeah, like we're doing yeah. stuff like off the dome. Like, I don't know. I, I just like being prepared. Really, like I don't. I don't like people being too. Um, I don't like it when people are like non-communicative. Like, I want to know like what's going on,
0: or you're gonna like speak with like a third person to kind of get what that artist wants. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because there are like some artists that you know you only have to speak with their middleman to get to that artist and all that, and then. It sort of becomes like hard to even like have like the whole connection with the artist sometimes and all that, and yeah. that's I guess for like you know maybe like bigger producers or like producers working with like bigger artists and all that too i don't I wouldn't see see it with like the underground, like in a sense, and all that, too. So,
1: yeah, no, it's definitely a big thing. Yeah, just like that middle man definitely kills a lot of like it's just it just wastes time, too. Like, sure. it should just be easier if I could yeah. just talk to them and like I
0: don't blow up your phone, man. She's <laughs> like, I wanna i want to know sure. what you want. <laughs> Not nah, sure, man. Have you worked with like bands before, by any chance?
1: Uh, bands, um, I did, I recorded bands like in college and stuff like that. Um, I don't do a lot of band work right now, um. But, like, I'm definitely open to it. It's just because I don't have a space to, yeah. re- I don't have no, enough space sure. in my studio to record yeah. drums yeah. right now. So yeah. it's like, eh. Yeah. But, like, I could, like, I'd love to, like, I'll mix a master hmm. for them, no problem. Oh, no, but it's just point. like, I can't record there yet unless we go to, with, like, a different studio yeah, to do no, it. Sure. But, um yeah, there are a few bands that, like, I definitely want to work with, like, Judgment from Oshawa. Like, definitely want to work with those guys at some point. But, yeah, then, like, homies too. Uh-huh, so true.
0: Yeah. 100%. Man. Um, I don't, are they more easier to work with like, you know, like bands than with like individual artists or would it be like very different?
1: It's a bit different. It's a bit different. Um, especially just even working with different instruments in general. Like, um, even like miking a a guitar amp up is like different, like, and mic and drum kits up and stuff like that. Um, and everyone's like always tailored, like everyone always has their own needs, Sort of thing. And everyone like communicates differently as well because not sometimes not always like everyone's not always like acquainted with like the lingo in producing and stuff like that. So it's like my job to like try and pick apart what they're saying. But um, I I, I, it's probably a bit easier for me to just work with like an artist. But I mean like that's just part of the game. Like I don't mind working with bands at all. It's just like it's just a few more people that I have to.
0: Yeah, man, Four. nah, for sure, not 100% too. And, you know, we just have, like, these, like, last, like, couple, like, questions uh, for a bit too. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, how do you even, like, feel about the whole, like, Toronto GT music scene uh, right now? And do you feel that there should be some changes on how the direction of the scene should go to? Um, well, I see, I see, like,
1: R&B sort of, like, picking back up. Like, I I think it's a lot of rap right now. That's, yeah, like, uh, the main thing. A lot of rap. And I feel like it's. It's not bad at all, like, in any sense. But, like, um, I feel like not a lot of people, like, really care about it that much. Like, yeah. obviously, like, people do. Yeah. But I feel like it could be bigger. Yeah. Like, I feel like it could be bigger. I, But I'm, again, back to, like, the whole versatility thing. Like, I feel like if a lot more Toronto artists, like, br- would break out and, like, you know, they did, like, R&B, they did yeah. hip-hop, they did pop, they yeah. did all this other stuff. Like, I feel like that would be a better direction for it to all move in. So it could be, like, a home for all these genres. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah like, I, I'd really say that's about it. Like, I just want to see more versatility, yeah. I think, really, because, yeah.
0: yeah. I feel like with certain artists who it has, like, works for them with, like, you know, like, Toby or, like, also, like, Lum and all that, Um, who's, like, this, like, one artist, like, from Windsor and all that, mm-hmm. and, like, some other people, too. I feel like it also depends, like, if we're talking about, like, the, the Toronto street artists, like, I feel like, like there is, like, maybe, like, a 1 in 50 chance, like, you'll see, like, a lot of, like, versatility and... I think that's coming from, like, more of, like, the newer acts and, like, the older acts, like, you know, like, Dr. Bushman and all that, Mm. 100, like, OTD, and, like, also with, I think, uh, like, uh, Gustavo, like, uh, Guabo, like, in that sense, too, so it's, like, finding, like, that whole, like, uniqueness uh, within that sense, too, and I do feel like if you find, like, the right producer or, like, you find, like, the right engineer or you find the right style, like, it just kind of works in that sense.
1: Yeah, it definitely does, yeah, like, people's sounds are definitely just bound to like melt with each other in a sort in a sort of sense like i feel sure. like that's almost like what happened with like jesse and i yeah. sort of thing like yeah you just find your producer and like yeah like you should just sort of stick with them yeah, in I'm that sure. sort of sense yeah 100 yeah.
0: percent and i think this is like to kind of like add on to like the whole like song song arrangements and like even with songwriting as well too like bringing back like the third for verse and all that like it also works like throughout the way and all that because it kind of C- creates like you know creativity it kind of great creates like more depth like at, for like an artist to show their capabilities as like a lyricist as, w- as well too and like, yeah you know, song bring grade. back bridges man like <laughs> where did
1: those go like i don't yeah, see well. a lot of those these days but yeah no 100 yeah. percent. yeah like songs need to be longer again people need to have more yeah. more to say as long as they're doing it like in different rhythms yeah. and stuff keeping things
0: fresh and and or like, not? yeah. But, or like even like doing like breaks as well too. Like I feel like with a break, then they can create like another song and just kind of like works out from there and all that. You know?
1: Yeah, literally. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay, like even if it's just like a beat switch or something like that, man. Yeah. yeah like I want to, I want to hear some, like some new stuff. I, I see a lot of beat switches now, which yeah. is nice. Like I, I, I really like that, but yeah, yeah it just keeps things fresh.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Mm-hmm. And you know, I wanted to ask like, what are your plans of this year in terms of like any of the music or creative opportunities and so forth?
1: oh man I'm gonna be working a lot this year but I do plan on probably dropping a song this year at some point I have one song released but that was like years ago so I but like I've grown out of that shell but uh, I do plan on releasing a song at some point because it's just overdue and I want people to listen to my stuff because there's just some there's just some beats that like I just don't even have artists for man. It's awesome. just like, <laughs> like I'm like it's either I'm gonna have to do vocals or I might just leave them instrumentals. So I yeah. still need to figure out what I'm gonna do with that. But yeah, songs definitely this year. Um, lots of placements I plan. Hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed. <laughs> and um, and then uh, yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's basically it. I guess really, yeah, just placements and stuff like that. Songs and then probably an album eventually. Yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff, man. I got like. I got, like, a full hard drive of beats. Like, it's crazy.
0: <laughs> Maybe, like, a beat tape someday and all that?
1: Yeah, no, I probably will because I definitely want to sync those out at some point as well. So, yeah, I'll probably be dropping some beat tapes and stuff like that oh, as well.
0: Sure, man. Mm-hmm. And, yo, do you have any, like, closing uh, remarks you'd like to say or, like, any words of advice for people who want to, like, pursue, like, nirf footsteps up by any chance?
1: Um, man, yeah. I feel like I got a few things. Be nice. Be kind. The strongest are the kind. Um... And yeah, man, just keep chasing. Like that's it, like, just keep working is really it. Like consistency is key. Um, I would just like, yeah, just like if you find your lane, just stick with it and then sort of branch out when you feel the opportunity comes to you. And sometimes it even is just like a waiting game as well. As long as you're still doing stuff and keeping consistent, like that, I feel like that's all you can, that's all you can really do, man, and just, yeah. like, you know, just work as hard as possible. Yeah, for and sure. And just, like, get it.
0: Yeah, 100% too. And uh, where can they, like, follow you, like, on social media? Oh, what's that, sorry? Where can they, like, follow you, like, on social media?
1: Uh, Everywhere. I'm everywhere at Matt Nudson on all socials. Um, two N's at the end. And, yeah, yeah, basically everywhere. TikTok, X, Twitter, whatever you want to
0: call it, Instagram, um, Facebook as well. And, yeah. Yeah, for sure, mm-hmm. man. You know, Matt, it's like a pleasure, like having you like on the podcast. Thank you. You thank know, for you. the very first time to like share your story and to share everything like that. We'll definitely like have you on again soon and all that to just even like deepen like a lot a lot of stuff too. Like even with like hosting sites, everything else too, and much more and all that. Mm-hmm. And man, and yeah, we got a lot to talk about, man. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much hundred percent too, man. Mm-hmm. And yo, this is Josh, also known as Yashu, Episode seventy one of the TOI Talks podcast. You can get it like on all platforms: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, YouTube, much more and all that definitely tapping with matt's uh, music and like his uh, production like you can access it from the link uh, like on his ig and all that a lot of amazing stuff you know you definitely gotta check out a beat to either like lease or anything like that too or like even pay for like a simple like wave or mp3 and all that you know to kind of like test out you know and also check out like some of his stuff like on spotify with the credits and like much more and all that you know and like you'll definitely check out like more episodes soon with everyone like whether it's from toronto or everywhere else doing all that so yo so this is josh also known as yashu with matt nudson episode 71 till talk signing off all right
1: thank you man